Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening. This is a podcast by the fans, for the fans. We might touch on that a little bit more later. Thank you for downloading the podcast. Please share the podcast. We have proof that sharing the podcast and making friends actually works because we have a Eyes on Big Podcast listener here. Dan, you want to say hi? Hi, Big Ten people. (laughs) We're going to need you to pop up that game a little bit before we interview you. But you know what? Now's as good a time as any, right? We'll just talk about it right now. Yeah. Does that work? Okay. Of course. So, um... We've got a little brainchild here that we are very proud of, uh, as we've been kind of talking about last couple podcasts, and I just said it now, a podcast by the fans, for the fans, or it's for the fans, by the fans. I might change it every single time I say it. I haven't really committed to which one makes more sense. I think it works both ways. I think it does work both ways. um, It's amphibious. It it is amphibious. That's what OJ Simpson said. Did you know that? During the middle of it. He meant to say ambidextrous. He actually said that. He actually said amphibious. Hmm. That's, that's the truth. Because wasn't the, didn't like Yogi Berra say that too? <laughs> okay. But he would have said it, you know, tongue in cheek. Yeah. He, Yogi would have. Anyways. Too. Okay. So, uh, so what we're going to do, we're very happy about this. We are going to do our best. I think we've got, I'm going to say somewhere around 11 of the 14 teams lined up. We are going to interview a fan of that team and you know a fan of the podcast as best we can maybe not somebody that's so much in the media again we want to get straight to the fans and we're going to interview them we're going to ask basically the same five questions and we're going to we're going to give the fans a chance to to talk and I'm pretty excited about it yeah let's stay away from media we want it to be all fans for all teams as much as possible yeah, that's the goal there might be a couple people that twinkle the line a little okay, bit. Okay, that's but, true. But, uh, good point. Okay, all right. So, uh, Danimal is with us. We're going to interview him later. We're going to do a, a regular podcast up until then, but he is going to be our inaugural guest for that, and then we're going to bring a bunch of them to you after that, right? Yes. Okay. Um, before even we get to housekeeping, I've got some other fun stuff. This is this is a big day. This is a big day. For that. It's a big podcast. It really is. Uh, so, first off... We have got a amazing lineup of bottles here. It is the Trace Agaves. It's a part of the Trincaro wine family that we had talked about on the previous podcast. I'm feeling like we have a sponsor here. I don't know if go so far as to say sponsor, but we have a donor. A is it a don- donor? Donor, okay. friendly, you know, alcohol buddy or something like that. But um, so it, we're, we're, uh, uh, recording this on Friday night. Do you think you'll be able to get it out tomorrow, Saturday? This will be published Saturday. Okay. Yes. So as you're reading or listening to this, it will be Saturday. It will be hot. It has been unseasonably hot here in Minnesota, right? Gosh, it was 99 yesterday. It hit Correct. 99, I think. Like today was 82 degrees. It felt if, fantastic. It felt like a fall day. Almost. It really did. Yeah. But we're back into the hot temperatures, right? Yeah. As much as I like uh, wine, um, you can't drink wine when it's 97 degrees outside, right? No. It's tough. Not yeah. red wine, anyways. Uh, so, anyways, Trace Agaves has got, uh, they have got organic mixers that you can buy. Uh, so just I'm, a, I'm yeah. looking at one right now. Yeah. Strawberry margarita daiquiri mix. Organic. Correct. Real lime, real agave, real easy. Yes. 
margarita mix, just typical margarita mix. And if you want to get crazy, mango chili margarita mix. This stuff is restaurant quality. And I'm not talking, you know, Applebee's and, you know, nothing against Applebee's, but I'm talking nice restaurant quality stuff. So my point is it's going to be hot, you know, for the next, I don't know how long. You mix a little bit of this mix with some tequila. I'm thinking of mixing shape. it with bourbon. Well, funny you mentioned that. Okay. okay. So now we're going to do the lineup of of tequila here. Okay. Trace Agave's tequila. So you got Blanco, which basically is tequila just made ready to go. Okay. So that's what mostly you would mix with the mixers. Okay. Then you go to the Reposada. Okay. Now that has been aged in between three to 12 months in... A bourbon barrel. A bourbon Okay. I might actually okay. like that. Because okay. I am not a tequila drinker. Just and, okay. throw that out there. Let, I had I understand. some bad experiences. <laughs> we all have. <laughs> we all have. We, we all got to own up to that. And then you got the Trace Agaves Anejo. Okay. I might I might screw that up. But now we're looking at, we're getting somewhere between one to three years in a bourbon barrel. Oh, and, and that's also bourbon barrel. Correct. Okay. So as you go deeper in, the bottle gets a little bit darker yeah because you're obviously pulling the sure. you know stuff out of the barrel so again blanco you just kind of mix it so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna take ooh, let me see if i can get that in the oh that's a good little sign right there all right so i'm gonna pour just a little bit of tequila and i'm gonna drink this like a bourbon okay okay i know what you're saying right now but the tequila this is this isn't your daddy's tequila right we grew up with the swaggiest tequila. Yeah. Like Jose. Jose. It, it was like the crappiest Jose Cuervo. Tequila's changed over the years, man. I know it, it has. Okay. I mean, I've tried some better tequilas. I just, I, I was about 23 and <laughs> I've never touched okay. it since. All right. I would just say, you know, give it a shot. Trace Agave is a great place to start. Um, but again, I want to hit it on again. These mixers with shoot you could even do vodka with these mixers in fact you could even have these as like non-alcoholic drinks like kitty cocktails they're, a mocktail there you go they're yeah. not good if you got a if you got a pregnant lady you know in the crowd i mean i think love. I, I really want to try these with bourbon yes give it a shot yeah why wouldn't you I, I, i'd be stupid if i didn't okay so that's one huge development for the eyes on big podcast the other part of it was I had a business meeting right by Lunds and Byerly's in St. Louis Park today. Uh, get out of my meeting. Just running into Lunds and Byerly's quick to eat the pork chops or get the pork chops that we just had for dinner tonight. Pretty good pork chops, right? And uh, who is standing giving out free ice cream as part of their internship? Wait, what? Why? Okay, go ahead. Continue. T- you, tell no, us who this is. Okay. Two gophers right there. Uh, Curtis Dunlop. And yeah. Mount Falele. Pretty recognizable yeah. guys. I walked in, and now Curtis Dunlap had, like, a Miami jersey on, I no, think. Oh, he had a Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders. Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons, all right. And Curtis Dunlap had a gopher jersey on number 18, right? Yeah. It was number 18 because when he got to Minnesota, all of the recruits that year had a 2018. Yeah. So it was it was the year, not a number. Dan had asked that question earlier. Um, so I walked up to him and I'm like, who might you gentlemen be? And they were the night, they were the most respectful dudes on the planet. Like, hi, sir. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, yes. Cause I'm, I'm an old, <laughs> right, I'm, yes. I, I'm an old bleep. Please don't call me, sir. 
<laughs> so we talked a little bit. Um, and I'm like, so what are you guys doing here? And they're like, well, it's my internship or it's our internship. We, you know, we pass this out like community work type of stuff. And I'm like, you guys getting tired just staying here the whole time? No, we're okay. But we just got out of practice. I'm like practice. It ain't spring or fall. Well, workouts. And it, I think they assumed I didn't know squat. And I go, I know you wouldn't think it by looking at me, but I actually played football at Iowa. I know I'm a decrepit old white man, but I, I used to, and they, they both giggled and started laughing. So then they had people starting to come up to them at this point. So I went through and, you know, got my, the, the, the requisite uh, food items that I needed for. Did you get the ice cream? Well, I didn't want to get the ice cream then because you walk through and it okay. starts to melt. So I was like, I'll come back. I'll get the ice cream on my way back. Uh, so I came back and uh, checked out, talked to him again. Um, I had kind of broke the uh, uh, broke the ice for a lot of people. A lot of people were coming up and talking to him and stuff like that. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to pull my phone out. And I'm going to record it. I'm going to get a little interview for the podcast. I'll give Curtis credit. He's like, man, I'm sorry. I just... I've had bad experiences with people like they've recorded me and they've changed stuff around that. And I'm like, you know what? That's a very grown up approach to the modern world. So I said, Hey man, I understand that. Good job. Uh, Mount Flaley was full of personality. Like he, he, I think he was ready to go, but he was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do the interview and, and, and you know, my, my teammates not going to do it. So I'm like, Hey guys, it was great talking to you. Great to get to know you. By the way, and then I pulled out a package of bacon that I had for to for the asparagus wrap, bacon wrapped asparagus. And I said, I just wanted to make sure you guys knew what bacon looked like since you hadn't seen Flint or Rosedale for so long. Boom! <laughs> they laughed. It was, it was that, funny. Wow. We shared a you little You actually laugh. dropped that on Yeah, absolutely. What, what, wow. What Any fuel you can pour on that fire, you go for it. It's a rivalry. It's I a rivalry. It. Right. <laughs> Anyways, that was a fun little, that was a fun little excursion. And by the way, that is my Lunds and Byerly's that it I is, shot at. Yeah. yeah. It's right down the street from me. So any local eyes on big listeners, you might get lucky. You might run into big Kurt at the St. Louis park Lunds and Byerly's. And maybe I'll run into filet and Dunlap. Could happen. All yeah. right. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Let's move on to start with some TP action. Former Nebraska quarterback, Luke McCaffrey. We know he had transferred to Louisville, right? Well, guess Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. Guess what? He's transferring out of Louisville after I guess he was there one week, actually on campus for one week. This is not a good sign. That's this is a guy who is a composite top three hundred player. Was he that high? He was. He was the that's a twenty four seven composite top three hundred player. He's number two fifty seven. He was a thirteenth ranked athlete. I guess they they classified him as an athlete. Okay. Well, but I I also saw him. I think it was on Rivals. As the number four dual threat quarterback in the country. Really? Yeah. I mean, if you're the number four dual threat quarterback, I'm not saying you're winning national championships, but you should start and make a roster and play. Yeah, but we had a little bit of a sample size. I didn't feel like he was really a Big Ten quarterback, but he looked like a Big Ten athlete. Yes. So is that what we're finally seeing is the fact that he has to come to terms with the fact that he's not going to play quarterback. There was even some illusion from Satterfield. Like, uh, I guess he thought he was just going to walk in and be a starter. That's what Satterfield said? It's something like that. I, okay. Don't quote me. There been some, he, he, he alluded to that in his statement. And I think the general thought process of anybody that knows, obviously, the, the family, Ed McCaffrey, you know, 
recruited, played college football and, and NFL football. How does a how does an Ed McCaffrey level family That's what I don't get let, let their son go astray? I don't mean astray like he's not gonna you know, he, he could get, still wind just, up being a successful person. I'm just saying, like, that's weird. Just give him better advice. Why yeah. why is there not better advice coming to this kid? I mean, it like Louisville is pretty still it's a you know power five conference team if like and they've played some really good football not right. recently but at least offensively they have yeah over the years so maybe look at a group of five if you think you're going to walk in and be the starting quarterback but then at that point why not i mean how much chance do you have as a group of five quarterback to make the nfl not that it doesn't happen i understand but not great why not just be a wide receiver at at the p5 level the the uh, life that your dad provided by playing wide receiver How about it? wasn't good enough for you. Pretty good longevity in <laughs> in the league, you know. I don't know. Weird. Uh, it's interesting. Okay, here's another one. This one's interesting. Chez, spelled C H E Z, Chez Malusi, running back, transferring from Clemson to Wisconsin. Now I'm not sure. Is it pronounced Chez? I want. I like Che, like Che Ooh. Louis. All right. Like you remember Ferris Bueller's Day Off? That's the <laughs> fancy restaurant they go to. Che Louis. That's yours. You can have that if you want. Che Malusi. That's what we're going to call him. (laughs) But it's, you know, it just, this is what happens to Wisconsin, right? So this guy also four-star, 241st ranked player in the country, 14th ranked running back. So you add him to Jalen Berger and now they got a little. I'm not saying there was, I'm not saying there was a lot of, you know, holes in the armor, but one of the things that I thought we even talked about in a somewhat recent podcast is there wasn't a lot of depth behind Berger. Now they've got yeah. a thunder and lightning thing. Yeah, and he averaged at Clemson six yards a carry. He had six he, he touchdowns. Expo- he's, have you seen clips? I, he's I, explosive. I know I've seen him play. He's I explosive. Don't, is he? Yeah. Boy, great. <laughs> it is what it is, man. It's worth bringing up. I okay, guess. Right. this one. I don't know if you've heard about this one yet. SB Nation is reporting the Big Ten media days are going to happen. They're going to happen in person. They're not going to happen in Chicago. No. They're moving them to Indianapolis. Okay. Because less coronavirus restrictions in, in Indiana versus Illinois. Okay. But apparently all 14 Big Ten coaches are going to be there in, in person with players, and Kevin Warren is also going to be there in person. Wow. Okay. Well, Indianapolis, a little bit further away from Minneapolis than Chicago is, that's for sure. Yeah, but, but not too. It's like a no. three-and-a-half-hour drive from Chicago. It's still doable. It's doable. We're going to look into this, Craig. We're going to look into Nothing it. Nothing official, but... But it just, eh, you know, it's I tough. think they want me not to be there. I think that's what they're shooting for. You specifically? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. I, don't, I don't know about you specifically. But I would say w- w- something that'll be interesting is obviously uh, big, uh Big Ten Championship, obviously, in Indianapolis. Now you got media days there. I could... I. I I could see it just permanently being in Indianapolis. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's little bit more centrally located for the, a lot of the East teams. Centrally located, probably more so than Chicago. You know, apparently, yeah, I, I used to go to Indy all the time yeah. for the Indy 500, but we didn't hang out downtown. We hung out at the track. So yeah. I don't know the city, but apparently it's a great place. Like, it's perfect size. You know, good, 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 like eating, drinking. Yeah. By the very easy. It's very easy to get around. Yeah. Traffic's not over the top. It's a it's a little blue collar city, I would say. Yeah, it's blue collarish. Um, um, but it would be a great place for for Big Ten media days. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe that maybe it's going to become permanent. All right. Sticking with the Big Ten conference making announcements. This is from this is a statement from the Autonomy Five Conferences. Okay, let's pause right there. Okay. The Autonomy 5 is... So, yeah. 
Right. So that'd be all the Power Five conferences, right? Correct. But this is the Big Ten making this statement. But or, or but the, this is a there. joint statement. Yes. It's essentially the same statement if it was coming okay. from the SEC Pac-12 letter. Okay. They had a hearing about the name image likeness legislation in Senate Commerce Committee. And here's what they say about it. The Autonomy Five conferences thank Chair Maria Cantwell and Ranking Member Roger Wicker for today's hearing and their determination to set a fair and enforceable national standard on NIL. Only Congress can pass a national solution for student-athlete NIL rights. Patrick of State laws that begins on July 1 will disadvantage student-athletes in some states, create an unworkable system for others. As leaders in college athletics, we support extending NIL rights in a way that supports the educational opportunities of all student-athletes, including collegians and Olympic sports, who comprised 80% of Team USA in the Rio Games. We continue to work with Congress to develop a solution for NIL and expand opportunities. Okay. So what I heard was mostly yada, 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 but they want a uniform rule for everybody. Which is good, right? We like, don't want... Can they actually do this correctly? <laughs> Isn't that weird to think that if, that if could they happen? they actually do it like this. Like, the fact that all the five, you know, major conferences are lined up, that's almost unprecedented. It doesn't seem like that's the case. And wait, let me check the notes here. Yes, the Senate was involved in this. Yeah. The U.S. Senate. <laughs> if... <laughs> If the U.S. Senate or just any government agency and the NCA get together and actually do something correctly, are we officially in a simulation? Yes. Like, like we're, we're all getting a joke played on. But it's almost, point. it's like they're dangerously close to that happening, yeah. I think. <laughs> dangerously close. I I still don't know what to make of it. I'm trying to read through the tea leaves because it's still the thing that you look around. Uh, there was a, a map I saw that basically had the states um, uh, mapped out into three different colors, you know, green, red, green, uh, yellow, uh, green, meaning this state is ready to go for NIL. Yellow means it's on the way and red means they haven't even, you know, gotten off, off, you know, the, the floor yet. Um, so that means that each state is different. Crazy. The green states in this, you know, example, meaning we're ready to go to pay them predominantly located in the south of course towards the sec so and, and and there's there's some states in the midwest too that are on it but not all the states in the midwest are on it very few states on the east and west coast are on it um I, you you can't i mean i say that almost tongue-in-cheek because if it could be a gigantic dumpster fire that's probably what you would expect at this point but a common sense take on it would be you can't have one state having an NIL and the potentially neighboring state having a completely different. Be disastrous. So I, I don't. So know. I, I want to put this out there. I am in favor of the athletes getting NIL. I right. do think they deserve that. I was afraid that it was going to cause you know horrible rifts and, and make our our game less enjoyable. And that is a case when it would be less enjoyable. So I, this is a step in the right direction. If you think I, it's uniform, you're saying. If it becomes uniform, that's a step in the right direction. I still think it's probably going to skew towards the haves versus the have-nots, but who knows? We'll see. I, I'm willing to give it a shot and see what happens. Well, we don't have much of a choice at well, this point, that's, right? It's, that's true. It's going to happen at some point. So Okay, University of Illinois just announced today they will have 100% capacity for the Week 0 game versus Nebraska, and 70% of the tickets have already been sold for that game. Believe them, uh. 
Believe him. And that's the most, I guess this, so this is what Brett said today. It's the most in six years. I think he means for an opening game. Okay. So the, the highest capacity, just 70%. Yeah. So that would have been Lovey's first year. Okay. When they, well, yeah, I, I don't remember they played in the first game. And he's talking tickets that have already been purchased or? Yes. Okay. And, and we've got, you know, three months to two and a half months to go. Yeah. You could get up to 80%. We might. Do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to put stuff out. Too Does far, anyone but. ever sell all of them? Is that a thing? I've, I've heard that there's a, a team, in, in, maybe even the Big Ten West, okay. that that sells them all. Right, that that would be something. Yeah. Okay. Brett McMurphy, one of our favorite people here on the Eyes on Big Podcast from Stadium Sports. <laughs> this is kind of going in line with the Illinois thing. You like going to Iowa games, right? I typically enjoy going to Iowa games at Kinnick Stadium. So they're fun. Mostly enjoyable. Usually have a couple cocktails before you get in there? At least a couple. Okay. What if you could have one when you're in the stadium? All right. So obviously we're getting at that Kinnick is going to sell beer. And wine. Beer and wine. Beer and wine. Um, Now I would say there's already been a select uh, group of people that have already been drinking at Kinnick Games. Because if you're in the press box that, you know, looks down upon the common people, you've been able to drink alcohol there. Truth be told, once or twice I have found myself in that press box, so I have enjoyed myself with it. Okay, I, I'm gonna. I'm, okay, do do I enjoy live Iowa football? Yes. Do I enjoy alcohol beverages? Actually, let me take a drink of this tequila. Trace Trace agaves, Trace by the way. Trace agaves. Anejo tequila. Okay, I do. I'm gonna sound like a curmudgeon here, but dude, I I, I can't I can't be I can't be destroying beers the entire i gotta focus on the game man like i'm old i i can't do it can you not drink responsibly do you have a <laughs> I problem drink responsibly i pee too much like i'm what am i gonna, i'm gonna be slamming there's no, there's no bathrooms in kinnick stadium that brings me to the next thing the bathroom situation at most stadiums i think it's fair right is an absolute dumpster fire kinnick maybe even is worse so now you're going to introduce twenty five thousand dudes with you know old guy bladders and, and prostates that are going to be pissing every five so- dude it, it's 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 a recipe wow, I, for disaster dan what do you think about it? he's against serving alcohol in the stadium. what do you think of this well i mean i think you know minnesota was, had to have been one of the first ones i yeah. think so yeah right? yeah yeah and i mean so if you've got 55 60 000 fans the bathroom situation is never going to be great okay so right? we're just assuming that much Right. But it's but my point is it's already bad without the beer sales. Now you put the beer sales in. And oh by the way, nobody's been inside Kinnick for almost two years and now you're introducing beer into the deal. I mean Did Kirk Ferentz tell you to say this? <laughs> I know this is very wet blanket. Yeah. I guess I have gotten into the routine of going ugly early. You know, I start dealing with my mid third quarter hangover because you basically are starting to sober up. But then I can drink water and go home, not home, but, you know, back to where I'm at. And I can be somewhat of a you're looking at me. So maybe just control yourself a little bit before the game. Think about that. I'm just trying to be realistic with it. I'm looking forward to going to Champagne Week Zero because I've never drank a legal beer inside Memorial Stadium. Legal. Yeah. 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 I've smuggled many, many beers inside that stadium. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to have a beer or two inside Kinnick. I just hope, but they won't. They won't. I just hope that there is some forward thinking of 
increased urinals. But how do you do that? You can't you can't just add plumbing to a stadium like that. Just I'd... pop in some Porta Johns. Okay, maybe. Get on with it. Something like that. Sure. Yeah, but no we stadiums need... like that. I know, I mean, but you go to a Vikings game. But but they sell it from the start. But you're comparing it to TCF, okay? And and Viking Stadium's a brand new stadium. They have took this into consideration. Kinnick is a remodeled stadium from the 1920s, man. They just kind of shoved, you know, plumbing into it. Are you saying people didn't pee in the 1920s? Not as much as we do now. That would be my guess, especially when you mix alcohol in with it. Were they? I wonder if they were serving beer back then. I bet you. I bet you a dude in the twenties held his held his liquor better than yeah, people. That, no, that, I'm not. That, yeah, that's what not what I'm talking about. That's, but that point. gets back. Yeah, to, that's that, But that gets back Lower to capacity TCF. There's what fifty thousand people max. Fifty five, but still. Okay. I mean, we're where our, we're, where we're, our we're seats are. Add fifteen thousand people to that for Kinnick. It's it and an older stadium. You're gonna see a lot of. <clears throat> I'm gonna come off as a curmudgeon. Anybody listen to this? I understand that, but like, I, I've got general concerns on exactly how this is going to wind up. And this has been the Eyes on Big podcast. <laughs> we'll see you next week. All right, so now we're we're kind of into the meat of the pod before we interview Daniel, right? Yes. So okay. we've got the college football playoff management committee saying that they're going to expand to 12-team playoff starting in 2023, after the 2023 regular season. Yeah. So it's not official, by the way. They're going to have the official vote in September, but it's going to be approved. That, I mean, it's already written in stone, it seems like. Yes. Yeah. So this just happened. Now, what's here, there's a few caveats here. So the six highest-ranked conference champs are going to make the field of 12. The next six highest-ranked teams are going to be the other six teams. The top four champions, top four conference champions, get a bye, not idle, get a bye. Yep. I like that. because Love it. Love yep. that. Okay, now the first round games, so these are the, the not the top four, but the five through 12 teams, take place at home fields of the higher-ranked team. Independents cannot earn a first-round bye. Notre Dame. You you got to play it all the way through, baby. Doesn't matter how well you did in the season. Part of that comes from uh, Mike's live, and he was basically driving this a little bit, which makes me nervous about it. But let's just say the it was skewed towards the Power Five conferences because they're like, listen, Notre Dame, you're a big deal, but your Notre, your one brand versus all of our brands, and as a conference, isn't as much. They they flexed on him a little bit right there. They flexed on him. Do you think? Could you see Notre Dame joining a conference the next few years? Maybe this is a precursor to that happening. I think it could. We be. We already got a taste of it just last year. Sure. Remember when they just seamlessly joined the yeah. ACC and it wasn't even that big a deal. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah, I could see that happening. So I, that's really it right there. Yeah. So we have expanded, or we're going to expand. It's official. Yep. And. I, I'm hearing a lot of bitching. Well, I didn't want 12 teams. I wanted eight teams. But you know what? You asked for it. You got it. Yeah. Okay? You wanted more teams. You got more teams. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a, do you want the bad news or the good news? So I'm always the type of person that says I want the bad news first. I want, I want to deal with the bad news first. Okay. So we'll start with the negative a little bit. I I, I think we've made it clear here. Uh, we're poles and bulls guys. We're, we're that's who, that's what I am. Okay. And I think you could have much of what we're getting here by doing the poles and bulls. With that being said, 
you're still going to wind up with a situation where you could have two undefeated teams that don't play each other. We we did come to the BCS for a reason. That was a mess, right? That was a mess. So so you think the BCS was a mess? I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying everything's a mess. College football is a mess. College football, the way we are ever going to determine a champion is a mess. Like it is, it is, you're going to get stabbed in the thigh. It's just how deep the, the blade is and at what spot on your, on which thigh it's just, it's never going poles and bowls had issues. BCS has issues. We've proven that the college football playoff with four teams has issues. Eight would 12. They're all, they're all going to have issues. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. So if you come to that agreement, um, that we, we can't, we, we can't avoid that. You just have to look at the reality. Okay. Now, uh, BCS, we heard this college football playoff with four teams. We heard this. Now we're going to hurt it with 12 and it is still a concern with me. How do you think it's going to affect the importance of the regular season? Well, that's always been my concern. Like, I, I don't want mulligans. That's what I loved about bowls and polls. Like, if you wanted to win a national championship, and by the way, you don't have to win a national championship to have a great season. You can win the Big Ten. You can go to the Rose Bowl, win the Rose Bowl. But you want to win, win the national championship, no mulligans. No losses, baby. Can't do it. So now, Ohio State can just lay down against Indiana in Week 10 and still win the Big Ten and go to the national championship. But we kind of have that now already, right? Well, you, yeah, you, we do you, now. You, I'm, I'm talking about back in the day okay. versus bowls and polls. Let me ask you this. Do you think the difference in the importance of the regular season is any different or much different with four teams or as it was versus the BCS? It's a little bit less, just slightly, bit. just slightly, though. Not, you know, not, not huge. Okay. And I think a big part of that is something I want to talk about is the importance of the media has put on only the teams that can get into the college well, sure. football playoff. So this is which my... is why bowls and polls were great. Correct. Cause it's the top. They had to pay attention to all of them. all of them. Yeah. So this would be a moratorium to all journalists. You know, I laugh at myself as I say that, but maybe you should do a better job of paying attention to more than three or four teams. I guarantee you, they will not do a better job, but would this force them to do it? Because they're literally well, no, they're they're they are gonna they are gonna have to pay attention to more teams. Okay. In fact, the, it it's probably gonna go back to like BCS era when they did pay attention to you know if you were top twenty five, you got on Sports Center, right? Okay. I think it's gonna be like that again. So that's a positive. That is a positive. Okay. Because we are on we are gonna point out positives of a 12 team playoff whether and, we like yeah. it or not. And by the way, I'm I'm against the 12 team playoff, okay. but I'm a huge hypocrite and I'm going to we're all going to learn that. L- literally one of the first lines I have here. Okay, let's just move. Okay. Put a ball on this last piece, but the typical thing that we're always nervous about is how it'll affect the the regular season yeah. and college football has always been special. Because it's you don't play your division rival twice a year. I mean, so if I love, the Packers lose to the Bears, it's no it big sucks. deal. You but gotta, if, but you if they again. win the second game, yeah. So that hurts the regular. It's, it's why I. It's the reason, probably the number one reason that I fell in love with college football is how every game mattered. So you're never gonna have, well, you, you not. Okay, you should never have Michigan-Ohio State playing twice in a season because they're in the same division. Okay, now if we go away from divisions, by the way, Mm. and go to 
we could have that. Yeah. So that would be an issue. This I don't is understand why, the point. This is why that. people think that it's just a no brainer to go to division or go away from division. I don't, yeah, I don't get that. I don't think I, they're taking everything into account. Okay. But with that being said, rivalries are still in place in college football, right? So it still will have a singular thought process behind the games. So I'm hoping that even if we go to 12, it's not all lost. But if you're not at least somewhat concerned about the regular season getting watered down, how how would you know? We've never done this before. Okay, but now here's counterpoint. So many more fans of, of teams are going to be fully invested for the whole year okay. thinking we can get to the playoff. This gentleman sitting right next to me who's a Gophers fan he there's a the Gophers have a shot to make Correct. the playoff. Correct. Okay. You're sitting so, across from me. The Iowa Hawkeyes okay, have a so chance we, to make the playoff. Okay. So now we're into the positives, right? We're yeah. in the positive. Okay. Yeah. I I top of my head. All right. Let's say the 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 12 team playoff started at the turn of the century. Okay. I think at the minimum Iowa makes 12 college football playoffs. Top 12. 2002, at, four, nine, and fifteen. They make it. They make two, the tourney. Nine, fifteen. Meaning four. Four, four total since two since okay. two thousand. I maybe didn't set that up very well. I'm saying if the top twelve teams, like they've got it set up now, had started in the year two thousand. Yeah. Okay. The year two thousand. Remember that? Oh, yeah, uh, of course. Uh, Conan. 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 Okay. If we had started then, Iowa would have made the playoffs in oh two, oh four, oh nine, and fifteen, and you could actually make an argument maybe a season or two. So that intrigues me. Here, here's another one. Okay. Illinois would have made two of them. Correct. Okay. Minnesota had an outside chance, 2019. Yeah, I think okay. so. All right, maybe a maybe a 12 seed at that point. Who's picking this stuff? Is it a, is it a committee still? It's still going to be the committee, yeah. is my understanding. So the committee will still do their job that they've been doing normally. So the, again, the the six uh, top ranked conference champs are in, and then the next six six highest ranked teams are in. Okay, so there's still some recency by it you know when you when you talk about the gophers in 19 yep i mean it's still going to be you lose your last two games it's still going to be zero criteria out of there you know in their minds so one thing i think we're already going down the path is and you touched and you touched on it we're hypocrites right yeah i'm gonna watch and i'm gonna gamble yeah i'm gonna gamble yeah. on these games. I'm going to watch, and I, apparently there's going to be a bunch of bowls that are just going to be going away, too, by the way. Which I do not like, because I love those bowls, because I, I actually watch and gamble those bowls, too. So I hope this will not, you know, kill the those type of bowls completely. If we lose eight or nine, I don't think that's the end of the world, right? Because No, it's up, not. Okay. And but, they're going to tie these into bowls in some capacity. I don't know. I, after the first round, I think. Okay. I, my, I don't know. Be, I don't know that, but that would be my guess. I guess that makes sense. It's not going to be the first round because those are home games, essentially, for the high-ranked team. But, yeah, okay. the, the next ones. But I'm going to double down on my hypocrisy because this, I've mentioned on former casts, it's, let's say Minnesota makes – the playoff or Iowa makes the playoff. That's going to be huge for recruiting for those programs. So does that have the chance then to it's going dilute to, the talent? It is. It, I think it is definitely going to happen. Do you think, I feel like the power five conferences are always going to protect their brand. And then their brand turns around being the best teams, right? The PAC 12 is going to protect the PAC 12. What's the best way to protect the PAC 12 protect USC, right? Yes. SEC, Alabama, Big Ten, Ohio State. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm saying that's how it works. It's hard for me to believe 
that they would agree to a 12-team playoff if they thought it would dilute. It's a good point. But are they actually trying to make a decision bigger than them? This is actually good for the health of the sport and what is good for the student athlete. Boy. Doesn't doesn't seem to fit in with I hadn't thought about it that way. I, I think about that a lot. Like, do these coaches and ADs actually take that into consideration? So, the, yeah. The overall health of the sport and understanding what me and you have talked about several times. If the fans move away from the sport, the sport will suffer. Wow. I don't know. Okay. Here's, here's another thing. Just throwing this out. We don't have to talk deep on it, but something that would be interesting because we hear all the time about, oh, my God, okay, the top three, four teams are just going to slaughter everybody, right? Okay, let me let me throw this out. Okay, first of all, it's typically two teams that have been above everybody. Yeah, most years it's just two. two. It's really Sometimes just two. Sometimes we get three. Yeah. Okay, right? Yep. We had three kind of the last couple of years, right? But mostly it's, it's two. Um, how about this? How about uh, Ohio State? Okay, uh, is rolling through the year at five and zero, and their quarterback gets hurt. Okay, and they drop a game, and maybe even drop another, and then he gets healthy, and then they kind of pick up steam at the end of the year. Now suddenly they're a eleven seed yeah. with the healthy quarterback that they had at the sure. beginning of the year. You're you're trying to tell me a team like and and by the way you could put well but know, I see in there you could put yeah uh, but I still Georgia in there like okay but I still you know what I'm saying right at least at the start of this thing there's still going to be two or three teams that are going to dominate this tournament I understand that but don't just gloss over the example I just made yeah I get it a suddenly hot blue blood team that gets in as a ten seed but also I think the first round games are going to be all great games. Okay, that goes on to my next thing, and this is positive stuff. Uh, Florida coming into Camp Randall. In oh my November. god! Oh my gosh! That is amazing. <laughs> You're trying to tell me that Florida State coming into Kinnick? Oh, oh god! I just got goosebumps from that. Playing our Florida s- State coming into Champagne would be tough. <laughs> Damn right, buddy. If that, like, if that's how that goes down, that's a. That's a big deal right oh, there. Oh, man, I hadn't even thought about that. Gosh, I can't wait to see the first one of those. Okay, um, here's another one. This is – now I'm 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 uh, uh, going on Mr. Ohio, okay? A, yeah. A good Twitter follow, not just if you're an Ohio State fan, if you're a Big Ten fan. He's, I think, very even keel across the board. He's okay? all Big Ten all the time. All Big Ten all the time. He just kind of laid out uh, a 12-game single elimination tournament, so he's got – Ohio, Ohio State, of course, number one. I mean, you, you can't blame that. Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma. One, two, three, four, right? Makes sense. Okay. So just listen to these next matchups, okay? 6-11, Wisconsin, Florida. And is it at Wisconsin? At Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be awesome. Okay. 7-10, Cincinnati, Oregon. At where? This would be at Cincinnati. Oh, that would be Oregon cool, too. across the country to play in Cincinnati. Boy, imagine what the and line... And their group of five gets in. I mean, they'll get in yeah. because they're... They're the best group of five, but a you know a pretty good, but not phenomenal Oregon team right. has to come play to Cincinnati. Oh man! All right, eight nine Notre Dame Texas A and M. I mean, just kind a great matchup. Yeah. And then I mean, this is crazy how this went, but five twelve Iowa Georgia. Wow, I mean, th- these are and those would all be good games. I, think. I I believe all of those would be good games. Yeah. All of those would be good games. And then you move on, you know, then you move on. We don't have to go through the whole thing. Now, God, this thing sucks. 
Okay, we have to I'm, take this joke. Huh? We have to take this into account, right? No, I know. It's it's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> now, and then the final potential positive thing, and this is I'm stealing from Mr. Ohio. He'll get a chance, hopefully, to talk about it himself. But I think this could potentially cause a major dent in the SEC arrogance because we are now going to see those next tier down SEC teams that have gotten beat in bowl games. Yes. Okay. They've gotten beat in the regular season by well, non SEC teams. They get beat in bowl games in good weather. Correct. Now move maybe one of those games up North or just spread, you know, like I just want nobody's, nobody's, nobody's denying how amazing Alabama was last year. The years I'm not saying that what I'm saying is Ohio state doesn't get credit for beating like Penn state. And they're ranked six at the time. Whereas Alabama beats a number four Georgia. And you think that it's, you know, the 14th game of the century that we've had. Now those SEC teams play those big 10 teams, mm. right? And then Penn State beats up, you know, they beat up on a Texas A&M team. You, you don't think that wouldn't, A, help the big 10 conference out and B, bring the SEC back a little bit? It would. Now. I just got, can't wait to see that game. Any of those games. It's worse things could happen on, on the planet. Now, the last thing I would say, and maybe this is, I shouldn't bring this up at this point, but it's crazy to me that of all the times in the last, I, I mean, I guess we've only been doing the college football playoff for what, six, six years now? Is that 2014 seven? was the first year, yeah. so six that years, comes yeah. out to be. Seven. 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 Okay. We have so much excitement building for the 2021 season because we're going to have full 12 game schedules. People are going to be full attendance almost across the board. Did we have to do this right now? Hmm. Did we have to do this right now? You but mean, you mean an, announce it? We could have waited a year for this. People are so geeked to just get college. We're almost in July here. Distracting. You're saying <laughs> like just let it be for a year. <laughs> Could we just not have insanity for one damn minute? No. We we just felt good about how the 2021 season is coming on. Ah, shit. Let's go to 12 teams. Next thing you know, they're serving beer at Kinnick State. <laughs> Dogs and cats living together. That's hysteria. Bunch of old Sam. <laughs> All right, that'll put a ball on that. Yes, Sorry, I yeah, <laughs> yep. All right, so this will get us into the for the fans, by the fans, or unless you want to be by the fans, for the fans. We're not sure. It's either way. Again, the whole point is to interview somebody that is a straight up fan of their team. And by the way, my goal was to find fans, not fanatics, because I feel like there's a difference there. And we definitely got one here. With Danimal. Danimal, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thanks Fantastic. for having me. Yes. Fantastic to have you on. Very exciting. Um, now, we're going to be setting the bar a little high because I don't think we're going to be able to get everybody into the downstairs athletic club. But uh, truth be told, Danimal and I might know each other pretty well, even outside of the podcast. So we were able to have you into the DAC. So it's awesome to have you here. Uh, so first off, we're going to start out with is as much as you're comfortable saying who you are, 
why you became a Gopher fan, why it is that you're here on this podcast. Go ahead. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, I do want to tell listeners, you know, you've heard about the Downstairs Athletic Club. It is everything that you've heard about. (laughs) Um, They could have an ice cream factory down here if they wanted to. Um, They are hanging steaks. It is... (laughs) It's pretty cold, um, but it's fantastic. It's thanks for Kurt and Jeff for having me. Um, in terms of my fandom, I mean, it goes back as far as I can remember, um, and it's probably very similar to a lot of college football fans or Big Ten fans. It's growing up. It's watching it with your dad. Um, it's going to games. Uh, you know, being a Gopher fan, you know, I, I grew up in the Metrodome era, right? So those were uh, some lean years, to put it lightly, yeah. right? Um, but it didn't matter. I mean, Dad and I would go to at least a game every year, and we'd watch games every year. Um, and we'll, you know, probably get into that a little bit later on, you know, what are our favorite games that yep. either we attended or watched or whatever. But um You know, everyone has that in like Minnesota in the fall. uh, We had a a TV in the garage and any game we weren't at, dad and I were watching it while we bag leaves and, you know, do the fall cleanup in the yard and we're watching the Gophers. And the one thing um, I would add, if you don't mind, is when I moved up to Minnesota, the only place I had ever lived was the state of Iowa, and everybody was either an Iowa fan or a dirty Cyclone fan. I mean, everybody was a college football fan. When I moved up here, I quickly realized pro sports were the, the big dog in town, and I was kind of astonished at the lack of gopher coverage Right. Sure. Uh, and then go for fans in general, probably because of the lack of coverage. When I met Dan and truth be told, met Dan through my wife, Mrs. Greek. Yeah. Uh, it was very apparent right from the get go that although Dan's a fan of all Minnesota sports, gophers were pretty close to number one, I would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right so there. and I remember thinking, nice, he's a huge gopher football fan. And but we didn't war. We didn't go. We didn't butt no. heads, but we. We we were perfectly fine debating our college football teams with each other, so it was fantastic. We have one Saturday in the fall that we disagree. Yes, <laughs> and that's when the Gophers play play Iowa. And- with that being said, <laughs> the the infamous Max Williams game, right? Oh yeah. When <laughs> good day for you. We had fun that night. It was awesome, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I Iowa was out of it so quick. That, uh, you know, um, we just wound up having fun. Unfortunately, I didn't know you the uh, 55 donut year in the Metrodome. I met you qu- just after that. Would have been good to know you that we, game. But we were in the same stadium. <laughs> we just didn't know each other yet. But I I probably left that game at about the same time you left uh, yes. the game at TCF. Correct. Yeah. So. It was just time to go back to the bar at that point. Yeah. So, all right. So that's our first question. Great background. Really appreciate that. So the next one up is probably another kind of lead in. This is maybe my favorite question of the five. What do national writers, national podcasts, maybe even potentially this podcast, what do they get wrong the most when they're talking about anything go for football related? Well, you're probably going to laugh about this, but 
I think they get it wrong um, that it's all about PJ. Okay. And I know people listening are going to go, well, that's all you have. Like, that is what it is. That's the face of your program. It is. You're right. But we need more. Like, that's the next step. We need articles about Mo. We needed articles about Tyler Johnson and Antoine Winfield Jr. and Tanner Morgan and the players um, with the program. Right. It's it's PJ all the time, and that's I mean that's how he's changed the program. Don't get me wrong. You so know? what you're saying is you understand maybe a little bit of the outside thought process about PJ, but with that being said he had to be a lightning rod in one capacity or another to try to get some attention to the gopher football program. And you believe that's what he's doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And other things I'd say is, um, nobody wants to play here cause it's too cold. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nobody's going to come here. It's Minnesota. It's frozen tundra the whole year. Rashad Bateman came here. Yeah. Right. He had a pretty good career. He had a pretty good career. You know, and one of the other things is um, that the state doesn't produce talent like other states do, right? You're you're not Ohio, you're not Florida, you're not Texas, but there's some pretty good talent in Minnesota. Now the goal for PJ and his staff is to keep it here, right? Um, but it start, you know, there's talent here. There's no doubt about it. Okay, okay, and it hasn't always stayed here, but hopefully that changes. Fair enough. All right. Um, so then we get into maybe a little bit more topical stuff. So what excites you the most about the 2021 version of the Minnesota Golden Gophers? I think the first one is that we know they will be playing football. <laughs> nice. So I think that's really good. Um, and that they'll be playing a full schedule and that we'll get to sit in our seats that we sit in all the time and watch them. Fantastic. Um, so we've we definitely missed that, but I think number one is Mo. Yeah, that's where I'd start. Is I would say Mo in the O line. O line was number two. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I mean, Mo coming off of what he did last year, um, obviously the O line coming back to some extent, and then the experience that the guys got last year when when Mount Falele and Dunlap were out. It's only going to help them, right? You know, and they keep bringing in. And I would say the third one is let's see what the defense looks like. Okay, as a positive. Yep. Okay. All right. And you might hear about that later, but <laughs> as a like, we need to keep taking steps forward there, right? Yep. And is Joe Rossi what we need him to be? If he is, he's going to develop the talent that's there. He's so going more, to keep recruiting. So them. what you're saying is more excitement about the unknown on the defense. Absolutely. And, okay. All right. Fair yep. enough. All right. But that kind of leads into the what concerns you the most for the 2021 Minnesota Golden Golfers. And that would be number one is the defense. Okay. So, so defense is both exciting, but a concern at the same time. Absolutely. Okay. It's a, yeah, because it's we're excited that it could be better. It should be better. Right. Right. But we're also worried that it's not going to be better. And if it's not better, we, we're we going to have some issues. But even even the defense last year got better from the first game of the year to the end. It um, sure did. 
I mean, my thought process is it's probably closer to the defense at the end than it was versus Michigan. Um, but mm-hmm. a lot of unknowns, right? Yeah. And it's a, again, it's a whole, di- whole new year. Um, we're going to get to practice this year. That helps practice on the defense with new guys. You need that. By right? the way, talking about practicing. <laughs> By the way, we're talking about. Practice. I put I put uh, Dunlap and Mount Falele on the. I I tried to ask them about practice. I'm like, did you guys get to actually practice before the first game of the year? And they both looked at each other and then looked at me and they're like, you know, we we did what we could. That was it. They just they didn't answer the question. But yeah, yeah. Anyways. Well, and ultimately, they really wouldn't have been practicing because they didn't play. Right. But, yeah. All right. Last question. It's the big one. What's your prediction? Final record, just kind of general how the Gophers wind up for 2021. I mean, I think it's it's eight and four, nine and three. Okay. So you're going realistic route. Yeah. Not going not going crazy fandom route. I'm not going crazy because when you go through the schedule, there's multiple games that you could say they could win that game. They could lose that game. They could win that game over here. And lose this game later on or flip those right. type of thing. Right. right. And so it settles right in that range. You know, I mean, we've had this conversation, but but for the listeners, like as a gopher fan, that's what we want. Like consistency yeah. at that rate. And if we can get every four or five years, we go up and win 10, 11 games. Maybe twelve games at some point. Okay, so that's an like, interesting point. But we kind of Kurt and I kind of touched about this on the last podcast. What do you think the Gophers need to be at this year to continue the excitement that happened in two thousand nineteen? Like, what's the baseline wins or type of type of season? And I mean, I would say that's the nine and three then okay. more than the eight and four. Okay. I think eight and four is still, I mean, look at the schedule. I mean, eight Go and four the with a bull win would be nine and four. Sure. So, okay. Yep. Right. But I mean, if you think we're just going to start winning 11 games every year. Seems unrealistic for a lot of big 10 West teams. I mean, it's tough. I mean, yeah. 11 games for anybody. <laughs> yeah. How many teams win 11 games every year? Very few. Okay. Yeah. Now we're the goal, for, you know. We'll use Dabo's line. We're little little golf. We're little <laughs> Minnesota, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah. Until we're not, that's who we are. You know. All right, man. You got anything else you want to add? I'm Danimal P1 on Twitter. Fantastic. At Danimal P1. I think that's how you say it, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. That'll work. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll be at pretty much every game this year, and gonna hope to go to Colorado and see the team out there. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, you guys do a great great podcast and can't wait to hear the other um the other guy you know uh, the other fans or whatever but you know even with the like what's your favorite game or whatever right i mean i would say you know penn state recency bias right penn state in 19 and you know thinking about that like you're gonna have ohio state guys on here you're gonna have michigan people on here they're gonna be talking about rose bowls and national championship games and minnesota like Hopefully we get there. Right. But I'll tell you what, that game against Penn State, jumping down on the field. Yeah, that was a big deal. Grabbing my wife out of the stands and hoisting her down onto the field and running across, you know, it was awesome. It was awesome. Absolutely. So I mean every I mean, you didn't have to be 
I mean, obviously, Gopher fans will appreciate that day more than anybody, but you didn't have to be a Gopher fan to appreciate the big deal of that situation. I mean, that was felt across pretty much anybody who watched the games. So, right. right. And we just we haven't had a lot of history right. of stuff like that. Yep. So yep. that was fun. Yep. And yeah, hopefully more to come. All right. <laughs> Thank All right, you. Man. Yeah. Thanks for having or thanks for coming on the podcast. Kurt, you got anything else you want to want to add? No, that's it. Thanks, Dan. Great job. Yeah. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. We will talk to you soon.